Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. Welcome to part two of our tight end film room series. Hi everybody, I'm James Swanson. This is Pad the Stats fantasy football podcast home. And on our first tight end series, we looked at TJ Hawkinson from Iowa, Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama. Today, we're going to look at another Iowa tight end, Noah Font, first and foremost. And then second, we'll talk about Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M. So these are the top four guys, at least from what I've seen on tape, from what I've, you know, kind of been hearing is these are, uh, you know, consensus, at least Irv Smith, Hawkinson, and Font are, are definitely going to be the, the top three tight ends off the board from the looks of it. Sternberger, very impressed with his tape as well, uh, more impressed than what I thought you know, kind of originally thought it was going to be heading into his, you know, his film study. Uh, but both guys impressive. We're going to start the the show today with Noah Font from Iowa. And, uh, you know, this is a guy who, when you look at the tape, I think more so than any other tight end that we've looked at to this point, there've only been a couple, right? But, but I think more so than really anybody in this draft, he has the best ability, I guess the highest upside in terms of a a vertical threat down the field. Uh, there's nobody in this class from what I've seen that gets down the seam, you know, and, and can be a real factor, a mismatch, a true, true mismatch. I think Hawkinson is a mismatch. I think Irv Smith can be a mismatch. Both guys offer a lot in the passing game, but there's nobody quite like Noah Font. When you put on the tape and you watch him, there's nobody quite like him that gets over top of linebackers, over top of safeties that can get that it can really stretch the field, not just down the seam either. It's it's also down the sideline. They run uh, Iowa ran a, a number of wheel routes, a number of routes where you know Font was making his way down, uh, you know the perimeter of the field, and I thought that they did a great job to get him in situations where he maximizes his his strengths and. You know, even with some inconsistent quarterback play at Iowa, I thought that they did a good job of putting him in some of those situations. Um, but he's going to be a mismatch in really both areas down the, you know, down the border, down the perimeter, uh, you know, of the field, and also down to the seam. So taking a look at some of his uh, measurables: six four and one eighth. So about six four, two hundred and forty nine pounds. Um, pretty good size for font, you know, no, no concerns in terms of being, you know, an undersized guy or giving up anything in the size department going to be just fine there. Nine and three quarter inch hands, um, you know, kind of middle of the road, um, four, five, 40. Now this is really where he knocked it out of the park at the combine is, you know, his at just the athleticism, right? Everything that he did from an on the field perspective, four, five, 40, that's the 96 percentile amongst tight ends. 39 and a half inch vertical 97th percentile among tight ends 10 foot 7 inch broad jump 95th percentile amongst tight ends 6.81 shuttle 95th percentile so you see where I'm going with this the guy knocked it out of the park in terms of his on field um you know the showcase that he kind of put on in terms of the athleticism um it, it was really really impressive and I think a lot of that stuff does show up on tape now, I was a little bit more impressed with him, again, just getting vertical than, than really what he was doing underneath. But but it's really, I think he has the ability to run an entire route tree. I don't think there's going to be anything that really holds him back in terms of, um, you know, as a pass catcher. 20 reps on the bench press, 
which is about right in the middle, about the 50th percentile for tight ends. So, um, you know, I, I, I see a guy who is doesn't give up much in the size department or the strength department, and I think he has an excellent feel for navigating short to intermediate areas of the field, you know, especially crossing routes. That's another thing that Iowa did as well um, outside of giving getting him down the seam and down the sideline is they ran a lot of intermediate, underneath, short crossing routes with him, even more so than what I saw with Hawkinson. I think that they used Hawkinson more in kind of a, you know, a split out, you know, in the slot, uh, a little bit more as an H-back. With Noah Font, he was a quite a bit more in line. Now, they would split him out a good bit, too. I thought they used Hawkinson a little bit more, um, with a little bit more versatility, I would say, in terms of formations and where they put him on the field uh, than they did with Noah Font. Noah Font was a little bit more of a traditional tight end in the offense. Um, but but he really does have the an ability, unlike Hawkinson, unlike Irv Smith, and unlike Jay Sternberger, the tight end who we'll talk about here in a minute, The just a rare ability to stretch the field. And, and the best comp that I came up with was Jared Cook. I thought that a lot of the things that Noah Font does on the field, he mimics Jared Cook quite a bit from from an athletic standpoint, the way he can stretch the field. We saw him come into his own last year, Cook that is, with Derek Carr in the Raiders offense. I think that Noah Font offers us that same kind of skill set and that same upside. You know, when Jared Cook was really rolling, we saw that what he can do is is very special. It took him a while to get to that point in his career, but I think Font offers that same ability. I will also say that I think that Noah Font could be a little bit like Jared Cook and take some time to develop. That's the one thing, and if we're talking about cons with Jared Cook or with Noah Font, that is, it's he. How do I put this? As much as I like him in the passing game, I don't know if he projects as an all-around tight end. You know, some he shows a lot of struggles in the run game as an inline blocker. From what I saw, there's a lot of footwork issues, um, flat-out whiffing from time to time on some of his blocks. You know, he doesn't stay on blocks very, you know, consistently. Doesn't stay on blocks long enough. You know, he's going to need some footwork on the foot on the footwork, as I mentioned. Um, he tends to really lunge, you know, which I thought that Hawkinson was much more polished in the run game. I think he has the, you know, the ability to be better because he's athletic, he's big. I think he's fairly strong, but there's going to be quite a bit of work. And, and in terms of, you know, the reason why I would still, I think I'd still rather have Hawkinson and Irv Smith just slightly above Noah Font is because of that all around game. If you told me, if you ask me who do I think has the most upside of all of these guys, it's Noah Font. There's no question. From a fantasy perspective, this guy, it's through the roof. If there's anybody in this class who has a chance at putting up Jimmy Graham Saints-like numbers, it's it's probably Noah Font. It's, you know, he has that ability to have a year like Jared Cook did last year. And it's just a matter of how well does he develop at the next level. And are there going to be any limitations in terms of, you know, what kind of formations that he can be used on? You know, it. I should put it this way. It's going to depend a lot on where he lands, right? More so than Hawkinson and Irv Smith, who I think can, can really match up in any offense that they're put into. Now, let's be clear. 
there are a handful of offenses in this league who really utilize the tight end to their maximum ability, and that's why there are so few tight ends who are very fantasy relevant. That's why even when you get to, to tight end seven, tight end eight, we're we're kind of disappointed in the in the consistency is there's just not a lot of elite tight ends as pass catchers. There's not a lot of elite offenses that utilize the tight end in that way, or I guess effectively enough or, you know, in terms of volume and efficiency. But, you know, Irv Smith, TJ Hawkinson can can really fit into any offense. Noah Font, I don't think that he can fit into any offense. I think he's going to be have to put in a, in a good situation. And speaking of Jared Cook, I think the Oakland Raiders picking at 24-27, I think it's a great fit. Derek Carr is already used to a tight end with a similar skill set, as I mentioned, with Jared Cook the last year or two. So this is, uh, I think it's a good situation in Oakland um, for Noah Fawn. I think that's a good landing spot at 24 or 27 where they pick. Now, I could easily see them going Irv Smith at 24. I don't think Hawkinson's going to still be on the board. But, but if I was to pick a, a good landing spot, somewhere you'd be really happy, you know, with Noah Font landing, I think that that place would be would be Oakland. I really do. Um, now, if he were to go to, say, a place like New England, picking it, you know, a little bit farther down at the back half of the first round, I don't think that would be terrible either with Tom Brady. But I don't know, uh, I don't know how the Patriots would see a guy like this who is pretty much just a pass-catching tight end. I don't know if he's going to, you know, I, I know the Patriots, you know, like to run the ball a lot. Um, they like tight ends who can block, and, and Gronk is a is a was a very good run blocker as well. So I don't know if Noah Font's going to be the guy that they target necessarily. But keep your eye on Oakland at twenty four twenty seven, and if he were to go there, I think there's a ton of upside. Even with Antonio Brown coming into the offense now, I think there's you know a ton of ups really similar to what we saw from Jared Cook last year. I don't know if he gets those numbers in year one if he were to go to Oakland, but but I think that upside is definitely there. And in terms of your dynasty drafts, in terms of your, you know, your rookie drafts, I think that you know, if you were to say, hey, I'm I'm taking Noah Font above these guys and you have the luxury of of taking a guy with some upside or you really want to go upside, I think it's a fine pick if you want to take him the first guy. I wouldn't. I still would rather have Hawkinson I still would probably rather have Irv Smith, um, but Noah Font. The upside is is in my mind hi- higher than anybody else. If everything kind of falls the way it could, you know, in a perfect scenario, the, the upside is is certainly right there. Um, but but yeah, overall, I think the you know, again, just to kind of recap with Noah Font, not an all around game, at least not at this point in his career. But again. You know, coming out 21 years old, let's see how his game develops. It sometimes takes tight ends a little bit longer. It's going to depend on where he lands, what offense he fits in. Um, And, you know, another thing to keep an eye on or, you know, that we need to be aware of is if you put on the if you put on the game film at Iowa, you know, the quarterback play was very, very inconsistent, very poor. And I actually meant to mention that in the Hawkinson tape as well. I may have. Uh, But. But the quarterback play was very bad, or at least very inconsistent. So I'm excited to see if Noah Font can land in an offense with a, you know NFL caliber quarterback play, consistent quarterback play, and how that will help his progression. Because this is a guy who could easily catch 60, 70 passes a year at, at one point in his career. Um, and I'm excited to see where he lands. But I'm 
extremely there again there's nobody quite like this guy in terms of the vertical passing game he shines more than Hawkinson more than Irv Smith and I am very very intrigued uh, by that ceiling of Noah Font okay let's look at the second tight end on our second edition of our uh, tight end film room this will be the last tight end that we do so we had four we're going to talk about running backs next leading up to the draft next Thursday we're going to try to squeeze those two podcasts in before the draft six running backs three each but but first our last tight end and that's Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M and this was a guy who you know when I look at his measurables when you look at what he did at the combine there's nothing there's not going to be really anything that blows you away with Jay Sternberger 6'4 251 so he's right about the same size as these other guys uh nine and three quarter inch hands 32 and one eighth inch arms that's the 14th percentile amongst tight ends in this year's class so not very long arms that doesn't bode well in terms of you know the all-around uh tight end game and in terms of inline blocking you know we've seen some uh you know we just talked about Noah Font not being very polished in that area I'll get to that in a minute on Jay Sternberger 4.7540, 4.7540, nothing crazy, but I think that's pretty good for a guy of his size. Um, nine feet, five inch broad jump, nothing crazy there in terms of athleticism. 17 reps on the bench press, nothing crazy in terms of raw strength. Um, but hey, I mean, again, I've talked about this. Like, you know, I don't really care how these guys do in the combine as, lo- as long as it's not dreadful. You know, if they knock it out of the park, from an athletic standpoint, from a strength standpoint, great. But can you play football? What do you do on the football field? I think that's more important than anything. And when you put on the tape of Jay Sternberg, I'm, I'm impressed. He is more athletic, I I thought, from what I could tell, you know, playing in the SEC. I thought that he really shined at times. I think, um, you know, Texas A&M was an offense where they ran a lot of the, the pistol game, and it's a lot of play action, stretch play action. And they run a lot of multiple kind of, um, you know, formations there under Jimbo Fisher, but um, it, it, it's predicated around the run game from what I saw, and, and it's, you know, everything is kind of based off of that. So at times, they didn't really get Jay Sternberger involved a whole lot, but I think from a volume standpoint, you're not going to be blown away, but from when when he really does get involved in the offense, he he's impressive. He's very impressive, and I'd didn't see another tight end in this draft that caught the ball quite as cleanly as Jay Sternberger, catching everything away from his body. He's very good. He, he has a good route tree. From what everything I've seen, um, runs very clean, crisp routes. Again, looks more athletic on tape than what the numbers would suggest. I think he's a very smart player who understands how to survey the field and get open. I think he does that better than anybody. I think this is a guy with an extremely safe floor. He's going to contribute as an NFL starter. And in terms of being a tough guy, I mean, being tough and tough to bring down after the catch, he does not go down easily. He's a he's just a tough tough runner. He's, um, you know, kind of a kind of a kind of like Hawkinson. You know, same thing that we talked about uh, with T.J. Hawkinson. Um, I think some of those things after the catch really showed up on Jay Sternberger's tape as well. Love to see that. Um, you know, he's a guy who loves to mix it up. I think he's excellent as a down blocker. Um, but again, I, a little bit like TJ Hawkinson, he's not a huge, at least his frame doesn't look that big. I think he's going to get pushed around at times, but I think he's a willing blocker a little bit more so than Noah Font was. Noah Font was, 
maybe the least not to not to knock the guy too hard, but I think he was maybe the least willing blocker from what I've saw um, on tape. And I think that Jay Sternberger certainly shows the willingness. I think there's some things that need to be worked on there in terms of just strength. I think he's a guy who could probably add about 10 to 15 pounds and still be okay. Um, he shows an ability as an H-back, a fullback. They use him as a lead blocker in between the tackles a lot, which I thought was very nice to see that versatility on tape. Um, but in terms of some in-cutting routes, you know, skinny posts, when he gets up the seam, he's just as impressive, you know, maybe not quite as Noah, on the Noah Font level, um, but he's impressive in terms of, of, you know, again, catching the ball away from his body, catching the ball cleanly, yards after the catch, separation, I thought he showed athleticism that was beyond the numbers that, you know, beyond the numbers that he put up in the combine. Not that he's not to say he's a four or five guy by any means, uh, but I, I thought that he looked even a little bit better than a four seven five. Um, now, the, again, the the one thing going back to the short arms, thirty two. What was that? Did I say thirty two and uh, one eighths? You know, short arms doesn't look overly strong. I think that's something that's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to work on you know, in the strength department at the next level, especially when he's going up against defensive ends who, uh, you know, bigger guys um, that are going to overpower him, who he's going to have to go head-to-head with, um, you know, man up blocking. I think that's something he's going to struggle with. You know, I think, again, I think he'd benefit from an added 10 to 12, 10 to 15 pounds, uh, you know, added onto that frame. I think that would probably do him some good. But overall, Jay Sternberger is somebody who, you know, I was not expecting quite quite this much when I put it on the tape. I'll be honest with you. From the other three guys, you know, I, I kind of expected it. Especially Noah Font. I you know, just based on what we saw in the combine and some of the, the tape that I saw this year, um, I, I expected it to be to be that much when I really do- dove into it. But with Jay Sternberger, it he really did I, I don't want to say he blew me away. Um, but I was impressed with everything I saw. Now, I'm not willing to take, I think, the upside. Again, I think the floor is safe. I don't think he has quite as much upside as these other guys. I'm safely going to put him at four, but I but I think that you know there are some other tight ends in this class that can probably creep up that range too. The, the top three that I already talked about, Font, Hawkins, and Irv Smith, are definitely you know my top three from what I've seen, just from an all-around standpoint. Um you know, and what they can give you in terms of upside in the passing game is just going to be too much to overlook, especially from a fantasy perspective, because this is what we're talking about here, right? It's not just, you know, this time of the year, we're talking about guys from an NFL, from a, just a football standpoint. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it does come down to, to the fantasy production, and those guys give the best chance uh, of doing that. Um, I saw one one comparison for Jay Sternberg was Jacob Tammy. I thought that was pretty good, actually. Um, I think he's a guy who can have, again, a solid career. I don't think he's going to be the upside of those 70 catch seasons. Um, excuse me, but I think he could definitely be a guy who catches consistently, maybe 40 passes a year, which again, in this league, when we're talking about creeping up into the top eight, top 10 tight ends in the league, um, there, there's just not a lot the, the position is really stretched thin at this point, especially with guys, you know, in the last few years, we've had Witten retire. We've had, uh, you know, Greg Olson go down. Now, you know, Delaney Walker. Um, it's starting to thin out more. I think there's some young guys that are kind of cropping, you know, creeping up into that, <clears throat> you know, those that that top conversation. But at the end of the day, it's a it's again a position that's stretched thin, 
and it's going to be hard to find consistency when we talk about the guys outside of the top three or four. Um, so Jay Sternberger, again, not going to be quite the upside that you're going to get from Hawkinson, from Font, from Irv Smith. Not going to quite be the fantasy impact guy that you get from from those guys, but a solid all-around NFL starter at the position and a guy who I think down the road can certainly be a top 10 or top 12 tight end in this league. So those are our four tight ends, and that concludes our tight end film room series. I hope that gave you a little bit of insight into where these guys um, you know, kind of fit in, kind of their skill set, <clears throat> and certainly, you know, the, the roles that they're going to have at the next level. Um, in terms of where I rank these guys, Hawkinson, just based on the all-around game, what he gives you in the passing game, as well as a blocker and a use, you know, a very versatile player, is going to be my number one tight end. I'm actually going to put. It's really hard for me between Irv Smith and Noah Font. I still see a little bit more all-around game. Inerv Smith, so I'm going to put him at two. I'm going to put Noah Font at three. And then Jay Sternberger right now is going to be my number four tight end. So that's kind of how it shakes out for me. Again, we're going to do the top six, um, at least the top six, maybe the top eight. We're going to figure out how many how many running backs we want to look at heading into the draft here. It's probably going to be six, uh, but we will get to that. So look out for those couple film room series and uh, enjoy your week, everybody. Again, for Pad the Stats, I'm your host, James Swanson. Find the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.